Well, welcome back. This is a really interesting story. Now, I have not seen the new uh, Jurassic Park, but I understand that one of the things about it, Jurassic World Dominion, is that there are scenes of dinosaurs frolicking in the snow, um, and the pyroraptor has a shock of fire red feathers. Feathers. Now, I grew up in the 70s and the 80s, so for me, dinosaurs were always kind of scaly. Um, reptilian looking. They certainly didn't have feathers. Um, but it seems that as time has moved on, uh, paleontologists believe that dinosaurs certainly did have feathers. Not only did they have feathers, but scientists studying dinosaur fossils recently have discovered one feature that helped early dinosaurs become the dominant species by surviving cold weather, and that is indeed their feathers. At that time, this is according to an article I was reading, at the end of the Triassic era, a mysterious mass extinction event linked to a vast volcanic eruptions, or many around the world, sent the world into a cold, became a cold and dark place. So with their feathers, I mean, lots of marine species were, and land species were wiped out, but not the dinosaurs, because they had these feathers to help keep them warm. And they were then able to take advantage of wider territories and move around and went from being a smaller uh, species, a minority group, to being really much in charge. Don't take my word for this, though. Joining me now is Dennis Kent. He's an adjunct senior research scientist at the Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory at Columbia University, and he's one of the authors of that very study I was just talking about. Thanks so much for your time tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. So I guess to start at the beginning, I know it goes back a long way, but what was it that you set out to determine? What was your hypothesis going in? The hypothesis uh, generated itself by the observations of uh, seemingly innocuous little pebbles that uh, whose origin was unclear. And this is uh, the lead author, Paul Olson, was in the field in the field area. And the the idea was uh, well, there was the idea eventually emerged that these might be evidence of ice rafting. Well, how the question was, how do these uh, pebbles get into a very fine grain uh, sediment that deposited at the bottom of a lake? And the what dawned on them and uh, we followed through on was that this was evidence of uh, a freezing, freezing, at least seasonally freezing temperatures. And uh, what was significant is that one of the few ways of knowing do you really have uh, cold temperatures, especially in the in the presence of vegetation and, um, and in this case, uh, dinosaurs from the footprints on essentially the shoreline of this uh, of this ancient lake. So this became a um, so the realization was that. These dinosaurs uh, living at high latitudes, which we knew from, which we already surmised uh, independently that they were at, uh, in this particular case, they were above the, uh, what we call the Arctic Circle, 70 degrees uh, latitude, that uh, these animals did live there. But the supposition was that the they were uh, living during a time with very high uh, carbon dioxide levels in the atmosphere. Uh, that uh, that's been known, and so the idea was that they were up there taking basking in the warmth, so to speak. But the presence of ice rafting uh, told us that there was uh, ice or freezing temperatures, at least uh, in a seasonal, uh, uh, seasonally, if not uh, maybe 
for somewhat longer periods of time, but not too long because the animals were able to uh, to live there and needed to eat. So this, this, I mean, my understanding, of course, is the dinosaurs originated, uh, the first dinos about 230 million years ago in warmer temperatures and were not a dominant group. Uh, but this would suggest that they somehow adapted to colder weather and then use that uh, to achieve a certain level of dominance. Is that, is that the case or how did that work? Uh, that's that's uh, that's more or less the, the story. Although the the uh, the origination story for dinosaurs is actually at the other at the other pole in the southern hemisphere, and they originated at least the first some of the first fossils we find of them, are in uh, what's uh, a place called, called like for example Ischigolasta in uh, in Argentina, and at the time this is two hundred thirty million years or so ago. The uh, that area was uh, in uh, fairly high southern latitudes, not as high as in the China case, but uh, 45 degrees uh, south. So the origination of dinosaurs was uh, not in warm tropical places, or at least not in tropical places in terms of latitude, but in terms, but in at least temperate places. So this the origination story that uh, is temperate and to find them in say high northern temperate to what we now realize is also seasonally freezing climate sort of raises questions about um, what their adaptation had been perhaps right from the get-go which yeah. is the idea of feathers yeah tell me about that because that's fascinating so it would they, they 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 adapted to this cold weather through feathers uh, or at least that's a very simple way of putting it but that's just that's pretty much a simple that's a simple idea that there's that uh, from other indications that the dinosaurs maybe as a broad group had been in, well certainly some lineages had feathers and then the idea was uh, that perhaps all of them had feathers and raised the question uh, okay so what I mean what what uh, what do they do with them how do they use them and. The uh, one conclusion is, is they used them uh, to weather uh, colder climes and became a dominant group there where few other organisms like the large reptiles at the time could uh, could easily adapt. And those are the ones that stayed in, uh, not stayed, but they were in the tropical areas where it was, uh, where it was warm. And uh, whereas the dinosaurs were in the uh, first in the southern hemisphere, then and then in the High, higher latitudes of the northern hemisphere and became the dominant uh, terrestrial uh, animal tetrapod though, in those areas and that's and the and the feathers gave him uh uh insulation and what was the impact of that i mean you mentioned it but what was the impact of that in terms of their their survival both as a group and and uh, their dominance as a group and, and and how did it manifest itself well the Perhaps the the most dramatic manifestation was what their survival through a, uh, a large extinction event at the end of the Triassic, at the end of this period. Uh, so originating about 230 million years, so at 202, 200 million years, there was a major extinction event, one of the big extinction events we recognize in the geologic record. And many, now most of the large reptiles the pterosaurs and pterodactyls and so forth, they got, uh, they got, became extinct. Whereas the dinosaurs, uh, 
did not. So the extinction mechanism somehow preferentially affected those in this. We think that those that weren't insulated and the uh, killing mechanism may have been the uh, volcanic winters associated with this massive magmatic a volcanic event called the Central Atlantic Magmatic Province that affected a significant percentage of the of the land mass at least manifested over uh you see evidence of that of those igneous rocks over that kind of area and associated with their eruption was uh aerosols and that uh, blocked out sunlight and caused this uh often referred to as volcanic winter the dinosaurs that were pre-adapted to colder weather in this case became even more extremely cold and they were able to survive through it and then thrive through the ensuing uh, Jurassic and Cretaceous periods. How does it, I mean, how does it advance our understanding of, of dinosaurs in general to know that they, that they had adapted to cold weather and then thrive during it? Well, it, uh, it's sort of like in, in a way uh, from that ad- adaptation uh, mechanism, it, was a harbinger of uh, like the uh, of birds essentially the the uh, the avian members of that of that lineage and they've uh, they've done very well with the other end of the uh, as we talked about the other end of the um, this period at the end of the cruise where there's another the the uh, perhaps the penultimate mass extinction that the these large dinosaurs didn't make it maybe uh there was another, uh, in this case, a impact winter from a large uh, asteroid impact that most likely was the causative agent of that. But they got one idea is they got uh, even with their f- uh, feathers, they they were too big to uh, to adapt. But these small uh, birds and also the mammals is the ones that got the big break. They they were small enough to burrow or to survive a extended period of of uh, unavailability of food because of the uh, lights out, the the impact winter that uh, had to forage presumably on uh, not, nothing growing at the time, but stuff that was uh, just laying around. And the smaller animals and those that were insulated, the ones that were most successful of passing through that. So the it's the uh, the lesson. Well, you know, fickle finger of fate is what caused these uh, these events that cause large extinctions. And if it's cold, having insulation and being actually small as they were in the and Triassic before they gained to global prominence um, was a uh, a key to success for longevity. That's interesting. You mentioned that. So they did. I mean, they changed obviously once they became a dominant group uh it, it meant it meant more and bigger i would imagine yeah that's a funny thing about that right they certainly got larger we can see that from the fossil record the footprints almost immediately got large and uh yes biologists have some explanations for this i think uh, some have seen in many other groups like like a, uh, for elephants that live on islands like in sicily in the play you know just not that long ago they they go the other way. They become smaller and sort of more or less like an adaptation to their to their spatial environment. And the odd converse is is that if everything, all the eco spaces, uh, kind of emptied out because of the mass extinction, they um, they can take advantage of it. And one mechanism to 
take greater advantage is to grow in a larger and size, larger size, a lot of resources, more food available to them rather than to competitors. So that uh, gave, uh, there was a um, gaining, gaining size was an adaptive advantage. So those, those groups that gain size could command more of the eco space and the eco space allow that to happen. Yeah, I guess then, in a nutshell, what what have we what have we learned? Um, what has this study told us? Told us that you can have freezing temperatures, even at extraordinarily high CO two. Think about it; not that uh, not that surprising because uh, whatever the level of CO two, the uh, daylight is limited at uh, at in polar in polar latitudes, and that uh, adaptation to that kind of environment, if it becomes a uh, an agent of uh, extreme stress can allow those uh, those organisms to survive that extreme stress. Dennis, Ken, a fascinating study. We've we've learned something something new. It's uh, it's very interesting. Thanks so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me again.